It's 8 o'clock. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It's one about a Wednesday with Talon Wine. It's where we become your complaint department. Something you want to complain about. From the world of sports. From your daily life. Mike's got a complaint this morning on the team line. His wine about a Wednesday. Speaking of NFHS, I'm going to address the online streaming network that is very nice for people to be able to watch games. But how about we at least get the score posted somewhere on the streaming network so people can have a clue of how close the game is. Part of that problem, Mike, with that is that some of the the cameras that they use, they're the ones that are a... You look up in the gym and you can see them uh-huh. up, up on the wall. And uh, they follow their motion cameras. They follow... They have a sensor that follows the players like a up. really nice ring doorbell. Exactly. That follows the players up and down the floor. So there's nobody there to actually to actually input the score, things like that. And just they 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 access it, they put it on the stream, and that's what you get. And and so when I did the the rifle Delta State Championship game for NFHS. The, the crew from North Fork came down to do it, and they did a great job, enjoyed doing the game with uh, with Curtis Hens, the North Fork coach, had a great time doing it. But they had a, a group of people with, with with replays and with mm-hmm. with you know the the score, uh, all those kind of things on the screen, and they had people doing it. Those cameras, a lot for the basketball games, they're just purely motion cameras that go back and forth. And there's nobody there. There's no human intervention really the light on that. is on, but no one's home. Exactly. So that's part of the reason why. I, I get it. It's frustrating because you like to know what the score is. If you don't see the scoreboard, you're not going to, or unless there's student broadcasters or, or somebody else, yeah. or they plug into a radio broadcast like we've done in the past with mm-hmm. football at times, that you're, you're not going to know what the score is. And that's frustrating, and I, and I yeah. get that. And you I, can but go all the way back to the start and count. If you want to. I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Keep a scorebook. Yeah. I mean, what's... But I will I will say that aspect has come a long way. The fact that they're on, I think. Is is pretty impressive that yeah. that's even available to anybody. Uh, let's see. We've got one from Robert today. I like Doris Burke. I think she's great, but I miss Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy on Saturday night NBA broadcasts. The humor and fun isn't isn't there any longer. No more fun, but fun banter between Jackson and Van Gundy. Also, one more question: Will the networks ever hire a woman to do play-by-play for the NFL? They have. Yes, they have. Beth Mullins. Yeah, they have. No way they'll hire a woman to do color commentary. I don't know about I that. I can't say that. I can't say never. Right now, the the tendency is to hire as big a name former players you can get who can speak in full and complete sentences. That may change. I can't say never. Someday you could, a, a woman that's been in a former assistant coach, something like that. Yeah. There, there have been, oh gosh, uh, Amazon had the broadcasts with Andrea Kramer and mm-hmm. Hannah Storm. Right. That they did the games together on an alternate broadcast. So well, it's, football watchers are the most you didn't play of any and that's going to be the sticking point it's not the networks it's the people watching 
and X. And basketball, I think we we give more leeway because there is women's basketball. Right. That's what I mean. At the professional level. Yeah. And not that Doris Burke didn't play women's professional basketball. If she had a college basketball background. Mm-hmm. But she's followed the league for years, and so she she knows it extremely well. Right. I'll be honest, I haven't taken in enough ABC primetime broadcasts of, of, of NBA basketball to, to know whether... I just know Nuggets fans are experienced with Mark Jackson during the playoffs. And, right. <laughs> and during the season, where he didn't even put Nikola Jokic on his MVP ballot... The humor and fun was Mark Jackson not knowing what the hell he's talking about while being a game's great. Mark Jackson is the argument for women doing color analysts in the NFL. Just because you played doesn't mean, doesn't you, mean know. you know what you're talking about. Because Mark Jackson a lot of times didn't. Jeff Van Gundy was the humor there telling Mark Jackson you're insane. You don't know what you're talking yeah. about. And Doris Burke is fantastic. Yep, she does a great job. You know, Mike Breen and her together, I, I ha- I'll be honest, I, all haven't right. had, I haven't partaken enough of it. I've, w- I've watched just a little bit. They're three months in. Yeah. You know? And they It'll weren't planning time. And they weren't planning on this because they thought Doc Rivers yeah. was going to be there at least for a season until he wasn't. You know, so, like, they're all right. They're both, like, uber, uber pros, so they'll figure it out. Yeah. They'll still do a great job. It may mm-hmm. not be as humorous as it once was, but right. they'll still do a fantastic job. All right, 806. So we have a qualifier. I'm we not going to play the winner sounder because you didn't win anything. You didn't win anything. William's on the list, though. All right. So we do have a uh, on the list sounder, though, if you if you want it, if I can find it. Oh, yes, if you could. Yes, thank you. You just made the list. So that'll work. That There we go. That'll work. So uh, we'll do another qualifier this hour. It's for uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, big game uh, giveaway, table for six and 50 wings for uh, that matchup with the Chiefs and the 49ers, February 11th. Don't forget, coverage starts at noon on the 11th right here on the team of uh, Super Bowl 58. Eight. Yeah. And you get the eight in there. 58 from uh, Allegiant Stadium. A lot going on. A lot going on. I was going to get there, just like 50. It's yeah, I, eight, 58. Thank you. I, I appreciate you I appreciate the help. All right, it's time to... The latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. All right, we'll start out with... Remember the other day? They hired a former uh, scout front office uh, personnel guy from the Saints to join the Broncos in a new capacity. No. Well, there will be another guy. This has been rumored for a while. That Pete Carmichael, who has worked... As a senior, uh, has been the, the offensive coordinator in New Orleans. Now, um, will will be a member of the Broncos coaching staff. He's not replacing Joe Lombardi as the OC, but he's the senior offensive assistant. So, Sean Payton, the guy that that's worked with him before, uh, they haven't made it official yet. Mm-hmm. This is just from reports like NOLA.com, uh, down in New Orleans and others. But that it's it's a done deal. But Carmichael was 52, spent 16 seasons with Peyton in New Orleans, uh, who got promoted to coordinator in 2009. That's the year they won the Super Bowl, by the way, and was the OC until he got fired on January 16th. Will join the Broncos in that new capacity. And so, 
Saints uh, offense 14th in uh, total offense this past season. Let's see, 14th in total yards, and they were ninth in points per game under him this past season. With Derek Carr quarterbacking and having a bit of an up-and-down season. So it's not like Carmichael comes in and is the phrase I've used a lot lately, special sauce yeah. that, that fixes everything for the Broncos. But here it's a guy that knows Sean Payton, knows Sean Payton's system. They've had success together. Okay. Okay. I'm fine with it. And we are inching ever closer to him calling Drew Brees. <laughs> Drew says, I have my arm. It's got a shot. That's the problem with Drew Brees, I got struck though. by lightning in Peru, remember? <laughs> Or wherever that was. That's right. I forgot he got I got hit by got lightning. The commercial for lightning fast bets or whatever it was. Oh yeah, that that was yeah, yeah he got hit yeah. He didn't actually Everybody get, thought he got hit by lightning. Didn't actually get hit by lightning, yeah. but yeah. And the commercial he did. So Broncos uh brass are down uh, in Mobile at the senior bowl this weekend. This is really close to New Orleans. Oh. I thought we just had to get that in there for Sean Payton. So as the Broncos look for, we're assuming the replacement for Russell Wilson. That's not close to New Orleans, by the way. Or uh, it's, it's not really. It's like two or three hours. Because it doesn't look like Jared Stidham's going to be that guy. Bo that, Nix. Jared Stidham Jr. Keep hearing that name a lot. But for uh, Sean Payton, you know any uh, games he's ever, when he, his coach, the rookie quarterback has started for Sean Payton? Zero. Uno. Really? One. Wow. Ian Book. Remember Ian Book that played at Notre Dame? Oh, yeah, yeah. He made a he made one start, but all the rest of them were 228 were from Drew Brees. And then Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill. And then last season, of course, in his first year in Denver, Russell Wilson. Hmm. So if they draft a quarterback, you you're assuming that, that that rookie quarterback is going to have the opportunity to be the starting quarterback of this football team. We don't still know what's going to happen with Russell Wilson. That door is still open. Last right. I heard, it's still open, but not by much. So they're down looking at some of the quarterbacks at the Senior Bowl. And, I mean, it's going to be – the big names are going to be gone. By the time the Broncos draft 12th, unless somehow they move up somehow, some way – the Caleb Williamses, the Drake Mays, the Jaden Daniels are all going to be gone. They'll be out the door. And so, but Bo Nix, though, could be a guy that, that sticks around, possibly, mm-hmm. and drops to 12th, and you might be able to see Denver draft Bo Nix. That is a possibility. So, like I said, they're looking. You know, in the past, the Senior Bowl has been a good good place for, for George Payton to find talent, guys like Quinn Miners and others yeah. that have developed uh, for the Broncos. So we'll see how they uh, utilize the senior bowl this time. But this time, though, we're really looking at the quarterbacks. Does Well, Michael Penix Jr. with the back-to-back knee surgeries, has he proven the doubters enough that he's over, you know, be able to overcome those injuries? He has, certainly with the way he played at Washington, getting the national championship game. But can he stay healthy after losing a, a couple of years with knee injuries? Because that's, that's going to be the knock on him is yeah. can he stay healthy? And it's it's somewhat rightfully earned, right? Like, can he's back-to-back knee injuries? That's that's going to be a thing, and that's going to be a big thing that they're going to put him through the ones and twos at the combine. 
And so, like you said in the past, the, the Broncos have have found talent there. George Payton has at the Senior Bowl, but this time mm-hmm. it's different. I mean, it's they're looking for a quarterback. Yeah, where they really that hasn't been the focus in the past. And obviously, Sean Payton's going to go a long way in making a, a decision on who that quarterback will be when the draft comes up in April. So, some other things to, to get to this morning. Jerry Jones didn't hire Bill Belichick. He's keeping Mike McCarthy, as we know. But Jarrah's not ruling out Bill ending up in Dallas at some point. That uh, he spoke with Yahoo Sports. You know, I, I know him personally and I like him. There's no doubt in my mind we could work together. None. None. That could be an interesting relationship. Two crotchety, over 70-year-old guys. Yeah trying to work together as Jerry desperately tries to win a Super Bowl here in his twilight years with Bill. Does he... We assume he wants to coach because he interviewed with the Falcons twice. Right. He I'm still to to, surprised that Mike McCarthy's sticking around. That's neither here nor there. But the but there seems to be a sense of, for Mike McCarthy, this is, this is the warning call. Mm-hmm. This is your last year. And also seems like maybe... Dak Prescott's not exactly on Jerry Jones' Christmas card list this year either. That he's he made the comment that we only go as far as Dak takes us, and I'm paraphrasing here. And you saw what happened, yeah, losing to the Packers. Yeah, that wasn't a great uh, endorsement. I mean, could could Jerry be looking at trying to get a veteran quarterback? Would Dallas be interested in Russell Wilson? Not enough to take him off your hands for any sort of no relief. No, not at all. Uh, also, this morning, as we uh, get ready for the Super Bowl, Chiefs and 49ers coming up on the 11th. Remember the brouhaha with uh, Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and uh, Ravens kicker Justin Tucker? Yeah. That uh, Tucker was in the Chiefs into the field doing his stretching and mm-hmm. workouts. He does that all the time. Travis Kelsey didn't like it. Patrick Mahomes didn't like it. And Kelsey picked up Tucker's helmet and chucked it. Likewise with his tee, Mahomes basically told Tucker to hit the road. And uh, Mahomes said that Tucker was trying to get into our skin. So uh, Kelsey on the new Heights podcast with his brother Jason, that um, they Travis went a little bit farther. He says, I love how I'm getting painted as the bad guy for this. And they explain that during pregame, the two teams have their designated sides, but specialists get a chance to kick on both sides of the field to gauge the wind and the elements. But it's always, you're trying to go into the other team's designated area. You kind of stay out of their way, you know. You don't interfere with what they have going on. And that's the unwritten rule. If you want to be a, words I can't say, because the FCC would find us, a, um... A bad Richard. Yeah. There we go. About it. A freaking Richard about it. You keep your helmet in your football and your bleeping kicking tee right where the quarterbacks are warming up. And they're dropping and they're dropping. Eyes are looking left and they've got a helmet down by their feet. It's actually kind of dangerous, really. Like, if you're not going to pick that up, I'll happily move that for you, which Travis Kelsey did. Which he did, yeah. Which he did for his quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, I'm on your side on this one. So am I. Justin Tucker knew what he was doing. Oh, yeah. And I, and I like Justin Tucker, the, 
the part-time opera singer, mm-hmm. one of the best kickers in the league and in the history of the NFL. Yeah. I, I think Justin Tucker's a cool dude. He's a very eclectic, eccentric guy. Yeah. A lot of kickers are, but he's really right. different because and he sings opera. the Travis Kelsey was looking for uh, rhymes with kicker. <laughs> exactly. So. I'm with Travis yeah, Kelsey, though. Like, yeah, you have each team has their own side. And sure, specialists warm up on each side, whatever. But don't get in the way, first of all, of the other team. Whether you're home or away or not. Second of all, don't, if they ask you to move it, like, move it. If you're willing to move it, don't just move it a handful of inches and still essentially be in the way just to be a jerk about it. And that's what Justin Tucker did. And then Travis Kelsey was like, enough of this. I'm not going to run the risk of my quarterback getting hurt, stepping on stuff because this guy's being a tool. Zing. There you go. Gone. Don't worry about it. I took care of it. Justin, I moved your stuff. Patrick, go on about your business, kid. He's protecting his quarterback. There isn't yeah. his quarterback to trip over Justin Tucker's stuff. Right. Justin Tucker has the right to be there because both kickers get a chance to, to kick at both ends of the field and, and mm-hmm. work out. But like Kelsey said, not not at the expense of the, of the players that are right. – that's their side of the field trying to do their drills. You stay out of their way. And I watched the video. Justin Tucker's right in their way. Yeah, and it, it's another in a line. And to me, I get it. I tie it in with the Zay Flowers thing. It's a bravado that Baltimore's not earned. True. And I just don't – like, I'm with you. I, we talked about this, I think it was yesterday. Taunt, sure, I don't care. Do whatever. But you have to be prepared for the consequences of your actions. If you're Justin Tucker and you want to be a tool, be prepared to have your stuff chucked to Mars by Travis Kelsey, who you're really not going to step up to because, yeah, you're Justin Tucker. You're still the size of a kicker. And Travis Kelsey is a mountain of a human. And if you watch the video and have seen the video, it wasn't like Kelsey picked it up and threw it to the sideline. No. He threw it like, 10 feet away. He just like flipped, he just like flipped it out of the way. Little shuffle pass. Yeah. Just, yeah, like a little, like a little shuffle pass. Just flipped Mm -hmm. it out of the way. And if he, to me, if he would have gone overreactionary and checked it it. into the stands personally, (laughs) that would have, like, oh, you're the Ravens. I'm from Cleveland. Zing, gone. Travis is a big, strong dude. That's, that's a long distance to throw a helmet, though. I don't know. Maybe he could probably do it. Who knows? There might still be a little bit of that. Hey, Travis, big, Cleveland guy, big Browns fan growing up. Could they moved be. to Baltimore. I'm going to chuck this stuff back to Cleveland. Here you go. <laughs> Could this have is some ours. Still Zing. that child, childhood resentment you know, toward the whole Ravens. He looks like he could hold his, a good grudge. Stealing his football team yeah. from, from his childhood kind of thing. All right, 819, one final thing. We we didn't get to this yesterday. We, we teased it but didn't talk about it. That the uh, CBS NFL Today crew who did the game at M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore that um, Boomer Siason was on uh, the fan in New York on his morning show. Saying, that, look, the, the people at M&T Bank, the, the Ravens fans, by and large, wonderful people, great experience, except when they went to take the trip home. Because he was with Nate Burleson and Bill Cower, uh, Boomer was, and they were aboard the uh, Amtrak Acela to go back to New York on Sunday afternoon. According to Boomer Siason, a Ravens fan, was friendly with the crew when they first met, but then he began talking about conspiracy theories about how the NFL was rigged. Was this Justin Tucker, too? Maybe. So he decides he's going to come over. This is a Siason. 
He decides he's going to come over and he's going to talk to us about how the NFL's rigged. And he's using very colorful language. There was also the one story I saw where apparently he was a little bit, eh, three sheets to the wind, shall we say. Of NFL fan after an NFL game? No. I know. Shocked. Yeah. That the fan might be potentially drunk. Never happens. Um, I As he continued to talk about these conspiracy theories, Cower was getting kind of upset about it because the guy was kind of getting his face a little bit and being overly aggressive. Yeah. And they got tired of the, the language he was using. Esiason said, listen, if, if he gets any closer, I may have to get up and... Smash this guy right in the face. And I'm ticked off right now. Not the word he used. Different word. I'm trying to watch the NFC Championship game on my phone, and this idiot is screaming about how the NFL is rigged. I guess there were Ravens fans who were also trying to tell this guy to knock it off. There was a, uh, a guy that works for the Giants in their analytics department that was with them, that they know, that was trying to intervene and keep this guy at bay. And Esiason said that Nate Burleson, Burleson was ready to come out of his suit and ready to rip this guy's face off. It was nuts. So I guess uh, they had a little uh, nasty encounter. You know what, though? This would have ended so much more in that guy's favor had he got punched. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They they handled it the right way. They did it exactly the right way. Yeah, they absolutely did. Don't do anything, then rant about it on your radio show. And that's what... That's what you do. That's what Boomer did, and... It's like, come on. Bill, lucky Bill Cower, former NFL linebacker, yeah. who's, you know, not not a spring chicken, but also mm-hmm. still a tough old dude. Yeah. That guy fans lucky that Bill Cower or Boomer or Nate Burleson didn't light him up. And if I'm, I'm glad- ranking guys I'm intimidated by out of those three, though, I'm sorry, Boomer, you get a bronze. Yeah. Good. Bill Cower. Bill Cower again. And then Nate Burleson. <laughs> and then Nate Burleson. And then Boomer. Though so. Nate would do it with style, though. Oh, I would because he's always impeccably yeah. dressed. I would, so I would still he would enjoy whip it. that guy's butt and still yeah. look like he could be on GQ or something like that. He could mop the floor with me, and I'd be like, "You're still just such a gentleman." <laughs> All right, uh, coming up, we'll talk with Central Girls Coach Mary Doan. Uh, joining us right now, though, is Sarah from uh, St. Mary's Hospital, the Free Heart Health Fair coming up. Sarah, I appreciate you coming in today. Thanks for having me. So, for folks that are concerned about uh, their heart condition, just you know, you had that little twinge the other day, a little pain. You're like, ah, just some indigestion or whatever. This is an opportunity to go out and, and, and learn some things, get some advice from the, the folks over at St. Mary's Hospital. It's a great opportunity to do that. It's also a good opportunity to come before you get those twinges and those pains and to try to prevent that. Absolutely. So the, the free heart health fairs at St. Mary's Hospital is coming up this Friday from 8 o'clock in the morning until 1 o'clock. And it's a free event, by the way, over by the hospital entrance, number one. And you can park in the parking garage off 7th Street. So, Sarah, when people come there, what uh, what's kind of the what are some of the things we'll be able to access in terms of information and and uh, some of those kind of things will be going on during the health fair? So we have a lot of fun stuff. We have um, some exercise physiologists to talk about exercise. A diabetic educator. We have um, our nutrition team put together a healthy snack with nutrition tips. We're going to have a blood pressure screen. We'll teach hands only CPR. Um, if people are interested in learning that, we have pretty much every risk factor represented there so you can learn about it. And you get all this information from the experts at St. Mary's for free, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yep. We will have nurses, exercise physiologists, and we even have a physician group that will be coming. 
Uh, we're talking with Sarah from St. Mary's Hospital. It's their uh, free heart health fair coming up uh, this Friday over by entrance number one, and it's free to the public, by the way, from 8 until 1 o'clock. Uh, when we think about our, our heart, we normally think maybe older folks, that kind of thing. But uh, that can be misleading, can it not, about uh, heart conditions. Certainly, uh, uh, we've, we've seen, though, DeMar Hamlin's situation, the NFL player, was, was different. He was struck in the chest and it stopped his heart. Did not have a, a chronic heart condition or anything like that or an undetected heart condition. Just an unfortunate mishap that fortunately, thank goodness, there were experts there to save his life. But, I mean, it's, it's a good example of, of, of just being concerned about your heart regardless of how old you are or what your fitness level might be. I completely agree. So really heart disease is an accumulation of lifestyle choices. And so what we're aiming to do is to teach people the effects of those choices. So smoking, poor nutrition, um, even stress. Stress is a tough one that most people experience, but it's hard to quantify. It's non-tangible. So we really want to bring awareness to the prevention side of heart disease, which starts, quite frankly, in childhood. Absolutely. So it's a great opportunity to, to go over on Friday and uh, learn more about having a healthy heart, being preventative and not reactionary and some of these things. Once again, it's St. Mary's Hospital's free heart health fair this Friday, 8 o'clock until 1, and it's over by uh, the hospital's entrance number 1, and you can park in the parking garage off 7th Street. And once again, it is free to get all this fantastic information from St. Mary's Hospital. Sarah, I appreciate the time this morning. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having us. All right, we will take a break, and we'll come back with Mary Doan, Central Girls Coach. That's up next on The Jim Davis Show. It's your morning sports and more. It's the Jim Davis Show on the team. Get in the huddle with Central Girls basketball coach Mary Doan on the team. And Mary Doan brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Mary Doan, Central Girls basketball coach, joins us. Good morning, Mary. Morning, Jim. How are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate the time as always. And uh, thanks for the, the update, by the way, on uh, Christina Manzanera's 16 points in the win at Montrose last night uh, in that 46-43 to victory. Uh, certainly a, a close game for your basketball team. You expected that going to Montrose, playing at Lloyd McMillan Gymnasium. They're always tough on their home floor. But uh, Christina with a, another big game as her sensational season continues uh, for you uh, with the Central Warriors. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it is really tough to play in Montrose um it's just different down there and you know it's so loud the band sits right across from your bench and it's just a different environment and they walked in on Christina early uh and she you know I haven't got to do the stats yet as far as assists and steals and boards but um for a while there I think she was just going for 10 assists she had quite a few and you know, then when you're distributing like that, it makes it hard. And then you forget why you're locked in on that kid. And, you know, it opened up for her the third quarter. But, uh, you know, second quarter, Sophie Litton held down the four. And third quarter, she found, you know, Christina found Emma, who did, had a really great third quarter. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, she put up 16, but she did a really good job finding her teammates. And you look at last night where you expect Macy Oberg to play the way she did. She had 16 points. Maggie Leg had 15, but you held Tegan Rocco out of double figures. She only had five points last night. And, and then they only made the 1-3. Maggie Leg had just the 1-3 the last night. They were 1-for-9 from three-point range. So that, that was kind of a big difference last night, the way your team defended uh, the three-point line. Um, yeah, you know, and it just, I don't know. I find it hard for our girls to shoot in that gym. So maybe 
maybe they find it hard too. Um, but yeah, we just, you know, tried to, it really tried to lock in on having a hand in the face and making them earn baskets. And they did that. And, you know, Macy, most of her baskets came off of offensive rebounds, which is kind of where we need to get better. Uh, but, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's fortunate they didn't have a good shooting night. Mary Down Central Girls Basketball Coach with us on the Team Sports Network. Your team's now won eight straight games. And I know, and once again, go back to the conversation we had uh, when you're on the road trip uh, over in the front range. Uh, you know, your team was kind of going through a rough patch right there. Boy, things have turned for your basketball team. You're undefeated in Southwestern League play. You're riding an eight-game winning streak. And so, certainly, I mean, it's, that's, that's how a high school season can go sometimes, right, Mary, where things look kind of bleak and your team's not playing you know they're capable of playing better and you're just hoping at some point that that light switch comes on boy the the lights have been on like a spotlight uh for your basketball team the way they've been playing this eight game winning streak you know a little bit of a difference jim though is the fact that we when this season's over we'll have played seven six eight teams and we're not six a and so you know when you i mean it was when we're stringing together early in the year and you know, when you play those tournaments, you play half your season in three weeks in December, which is, you know, not good. Um, and most of those teams you're playing are a full class ahead of you, um, which means they have more numbers of kids to choose from. And that's that's a gut-wrenching schedule. And, you know, I really thought my girls did what they could do to take their lessons, and, and hopefully they're applying them onto the floor right now and still not rebounding so <laughs> and we're going to get to that and coming up with uh, with fruit of in a moment you, you mentioned you know playing half your season in three weeks and you know the number six a teams you play and it you know with, with fruit in, in the mix that's a it makes it a combined league with with the wildcats being six a but when you talk about playing half the season in three weeks if you know if you could express a change there what would you like to see happen differently where maybe there's not that many games in that short of a span for your basketball team or and other basketball teams well Jim I've been doing this a long time so that would be a long conversation that we could sit down and have but um I would first off first and foremost I'd push season back I wouldn't start it until the first week of December and push it back so that you're not even playing maybe you get one tournament in right before Christmas and the bulk of, and then you can come back in January, and you know play more games, go farther into March, and then let spring sports start after spring break. So we're not trying to hit golf balls in the snow. Um, so that would be the one thing I would change. And then uh, I think that would help a little bit because you could you'd have more time for practice because the way it is right now, you, I mean, you essentially have if you're lucky seven days of practice. And then you go and play a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then you get two more days of practice and play a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And, I mean, you don't know anything about your team. Your team doesn't know anything about your system, and they're not in shape. And it's just not good for anybody. And it's not good for the players um, when you think about health. But it is what it is. So you grind it, you do what you can do, and you try to get better. Central Warriors girls coach Mary Doan joining us on the Jim Davis Show. You mentioned you've been doing this a while. Do you find that that three-week stretch before Christmas, kind of the same part of the season your team starts to come together with the new faces and the returning and everybody finding their roles again? Or does it really vary from year to year depending on who you have on your roster? 
Um, it definitely it varies. It has to vary. I mean, every year is different. Every uh, it, it is like this year. You know, we graduated five seniors, so everyone was trying to figure out what their identity was. Even my, you know, even my two seniors were trying to figure out what what role they had to play for this team. And you know, my my returners and Emma Diaz and Tuscany Ritter and and uh, um, E.G. Kellerby who who returned. They were trying to figure out their roles and. And Sophie, who didn't play last year due to um, shin shin flints and you know stress fractures. So yeah, you're you're all trying to figure out your roles early, and it's and then when you just combine nine games on top of it, it's just it's I, I mean I guess that's that is part of high school sports, and that's you know part of the grind there. I guess you could say it makes it fun. We're talking with Mary Doan, uh, the coach of the Central Girls Basketball Team on the Team Sports Network. So. Mary, your team's undefeated in league play, 4-0, and and you're on the eight-game winning streak. Uh, Fertile Monument, they're 4-0 and after they beat Grand Junction last night, and they're on a seven-game winning streak. Uh, rubber meets road, uh, you know, push comes to shove coming up Friday when you go to their place uh, for that matchup with the, the top two teams in the league, your Warriors and the Wildcats right now. Um, right, it'll be exciting. You know, it'll be exciting environment. It'll be a fun game, and, you know, we just got to make sure we hit some shots and rebound some baskets. You mentioned rebounding is an ongoing concern for you. And, well, Fruit is not a big, big team, but they do have a couple of players that get a little bit of length and, and are good on the glass. And Campbell Brammer, um, Addie Ayers, also their, their only seniors, had a really good season on the glass as well. So those two players do pose a matchup for you inside in terms of trying to keep them off the glass. Yeah, it just and it just comes down to a, a do it or don't do it um, type of thing. And, I think my girls, you know, can't. They just got to make a commitment, and when they make a commitment to do it, like they did against Palisade, they they do a pretty good job keeping people off the boards. But it's just an ongoing, uh, on the top of our minds, something that has to be done every time a shot goes up. And of course, we'll see two of the the league's best scorers, and Christina Manzanares for you, Liv Campbell for for Fruital Monument, and Addison Addie Ayers also in that group as well. But uh, what do you expect Jeff Johnson to, to throw at, at you and at Christina Manzanera's to to try to, to slow her up with the way she's been playing? Um, I am not going to even try to guess what Jeff Johnson's going to do. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of different things this year. We've seen boxing one, triangles and two. We've seen all the zones and, you know, denying balls. And we're just, you know, we're going to just, try to do what we what we can do and we're going to try to stick to our system and I have no idea what Jeff's going to try to do to us. So like I said you're, you're both undefeated you're both on long winning streaks right now undefeated in league play to, to clarify there. I don't think you don't win the league title if you win Friday night but you certainly if you lose put yourself in a bad spot if if the goal is to win the Southwestern League title. Fair to say that? Oh uh, very fair I mean I talked I had a conversation with Rio about that earlier this year and Southwestern League being as small as it is is much like college football. And, I mean, you kind of got to go undefeated. So, yeah, it's kind of a big game for both of us. All right, we'll have it Friday night. Uh, Fruit Monument taking on the Central Warriors. And our coverage will start at 5 o'clock. Girls tip it to 5.30. Boys at 7 o'clock. It's also the Wildcat Hall of Fame inductions with the 82 uh, Fruit Monument Girls Championship basketball team going in uh, to the, the Hall of Fame. So, obviously, a big night of girls basketball out at Fruit when Central uh, makes their visit uh, to the Wildcats. Mary, always appreciate the time. Thank you so much. Congratulations on the on the win last night 
uh, at Montrose. Always appreciate talking with you. Thank you, Jim. Have a good day. You too. Take care. Mary down. Mary's very forthcoming about stuff, and I and yeah. I appreciate the candor about. You know what? We're gonna Mike Kruger's gonna be on tomorrow, Chassis mm-hmm. Commissioner. We'll we'll ask him. Would that ever be a possibility? They would. Cons- oh. We'll ask Paul Kane that too. Would they ever consider changing the start of the basketball season to so it's not all those games within three weeks, right? Right before the holiday break. And the thing that Mary talked about, I was thinking about it. Not one hundred percent applicable to our conversation, so I let it go. She's not even talking about trying to integrate football players who literally just got done with their season the week before. So, no. you know, she's not even worried about that, that type of physicality to no. let the kid get a, a weak breather, you know, where he's not, he's got pads and a helmet on and he's getting blasted around a football field. Then, all right, go play center here in four days against some kid that's 6'5 and is just blasting you around the basketball court. It's not even the consideration for the girls' side of the basketball, and it's still tough for them. It's and the, tough for anybody. And the question would be, though, if you're going to move back spring sports... Which they already have a little bit. You know, you're, at least you're now, the end. Yeah, you're now wrapping up track and, and baseball and some of these things mm-hmm. late May into June. Yeah. And how much you know farther can you can you push the end of a high school season into the summer that becomes a question because now i mean we're, we're seeing state championship events in first part of june at times yeah and i uh, another question that i'm interested to see how it works out is you know you got to get what 23 24 games in for high school southwestern league has eight league games playing everybody home and home it's eight then you got to find 15, 16 games somewhere to fill out your schedule. A lot of that is your tournament play. Palisades is going to be added next year. Which, is it which helps be a in terms of league. Team league. Then you got 10 league games if you're playing everybody home and home, which kind of fills out your schedule a little bit more. Maybe it makes it a little lighter on that preseason tournament type pressure. Maybe you still have to play nine there, but you don't have right. non conference games sprinkled in like they're having to do this year. I don't know. It's a, it's a fascinating question. Like Mary said, it's not an easy answer, you know. But with Mary, some of the, like, what would you want to fix? That would be a very long conversation, I'm sure. <laughs> and I'm sure she has way more than just that yeah. in terms of things that she would like to see different mm-hmm. about how the season's constructed. All right, uh, we got one from Eric, uh, Horizon High School grad. Uh, any chance someone could get drive past 29 Road in Orchard and not smell the hippie oregano. Asking for a friend. I have not been by that area. Is that an area you've been by? Do you know? Uh, I don't go that way home. I pass by 29 Road in various different ways. Well, but well maybe for Eric at some point, you could swing that direction and just... I'm good. Give a report. No. No, you're good? Okay. Right now, though, we need to get some else qualified this hour for our Buffalo Wild Wings big game giveaway. Who's <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. No, it's good. Table for six and 50 wings for the big game February 11th, which you can also hear right here on the team. Once again, you don't win anything today, so you're good for your two weeks. Bottle of yep. wine today from Talon Wine. But uh, you get qualified today. So the fifth text, you put B-dubs on your text and send it to 970-242-1340.
All right, so get qualified right now. Text only 970-242-1340. Coming up next, his basketball team remains undefeated 19-0. Fruit of Monument coach Michael Wells will join us next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Talking through to Monument Boys basketball with Coach Michael Wells on the Jim Davis Show. And Wildcats Coach Michael Wells brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance for a free comparison call this team. Of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Michael Wells joins us. Michael, always appreciate it. Thanks for coming on this morning. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Well, the uh, the sun continues to shine on the west end of the valley for your basketball team. Another great day for the Wildcats. 19-0. You went to Grand Junction last night. You get the win against the Tigers. Uh, it sounded like Dutch's team did a did a decent job on you defensively in that game last night, but uh, but Jet Wells uh, scores 15 points for you. You're 19 and 0, and you you go to Grand Junction and get the victory. I believe the the last time that uh, you'll play at Old Grand Junction High School for the for the Tigers or the Wildcats in that gym. Yeah, it was man. Shout out to the community and the students and everything. It was such a cool environment. Um, so many good memories in that gym has to be one of the loudest places in the state to play i mean even in a timeout you're trying to talk to your guys and you're screaming at the top of your lungs and and no one can hear you and no one can hear anything and um just a neat thing for those kids to experience it's going to be a place i think everybody will miss um you know down the line be hard to duplicate you know in the new school but you know dutch is doing a great job with that program and, and he got a late start and they just get a little bit better each day and and when you play your rival three times and and everybody kind of knows what you're going to do and and it was you know a little slow early just kind of a feeling out process and and uh you know dutch group did a good job and our guys just kind of withstood that that initial initial punch and and kept our you know kept our composure and, and found some ways to get some buckets out and and eventually in the second half we were lucky enough to extend the lead yeah, you get the 13-point win. You, you sweep all three games. Of course, you faced each other in a non-league game out at the, the Palisade Holiday Tournament. But uh, you're right. I mean, each each score, they got a little bit closer. Uh, and that's also going to be a byproduct, too. If you, you play a team three times in a season, they're going to learn your strengths and weaknesses, and that that third matchup is going to be uh, uh, even more competitive, as was the case last night. Yeah. I mean, they just have such great length and, and size. They were really physical with us. Um, you know, and, and, you know, we didn't execute a lot of stuff great on the offensive end, but, you know, I also didn't run a lot, you know, it, it's hard to, in that environment, you know, to yell something to the other end of the floor and, and for the guys to hear it. And so, and we really kind of just tried to, to run our motion stuff and, you know, they gap everything and, you know, and they're going to focus on DT and Daniel a little bit, and, you know, Isaac Belknap hit some big shots early and, and, you know, kind of kept us you know, right where we needed to be. But, you know, it was just, it was kind of a feeling out period and um, just just a tough one. I'm glad we don't have to play him again, that's for sure. Mentioned Daniel Thomas and DT, 12 points last night to go along with Jet Wells, 15 points to lead the Wildcats to their fourth league win, undefeated in a league play at 4-0, 19-0. And I just, you know, 19-0, that's just, that's a number... That you know, you go back to when Central won state. I believe they went undefeated that year with Steve Phillips and Matt Anway and and Jason Frank and and that group out there. But I mean, nineteen and zero. 
is just an incredible start. And like I said, it's it's a hard number to, to, to wrap your mind around considering this is your first year coaching the boys. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know, them learning what, what you want to do on the offensive end, buying into your philosophy on the defensive end, Michael. But that's just, I mean, this is... A dream scenario probably doesn't cover right when your when your team's nineteen and zero. Well, for sure, it's it's. I mean, it's beyond what what I expected. And you know, you and I talked a little bit last week at the game out at our place against Montrose. You know, I, I haven't even really, you know, taken time to sink it in because we're just trying to move on to the next one and, and trying to focus. You know, now our attention to Central on Friday. And um, you know, I think when the season comes you know, ends wherever that is and, and whatever that looks like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll step back and, you know, hopefully be able to appreciate it more. But, you know, this group lost a game against Junction at home last year, which kind of sent the season spiraling a little bit and, and you know, dropped them from a, an RPI position where they wanted to be. And, you know, it's kind of been a focus of ours all year is to not let that happen and, and really just try and keep ourselves focused on the next game and the next game and not look past anybody and, and understand, you know, since Christmas break, we've talked about this, you know, the game against us is going to be circled on everyone's calendar, you know, until someone beats us. And, um, you know, you just don't have the time to appreciate it. And, you know, I hope the guys are, are enjoying it while they can, but we're really trying to just pay attention to the next chapter and, and uh, you know, keep our focus there because we have bigger goals in mind at the end of the season. So you have Central coming up on Friday night. Uh, you also have them, uh, you know, coming up in a couple of weeks as well. So at at your place, there'll be the Wildcat Hall of Fame inductions coming up on Friday night. Uh, you, you mentioned the environment last night with the last game between Junction and Fruita Monument in the old uh, Tigers gym. At at your place, Friday night's going to be electric with the, the Hall of Fame inductions and uh, scoring off against the Central team that is right now, you know, contending for the league title. They they did suffer the loss last night. They're they're two and two. They lost at Montrose, but uh, you know, for that Central team and John Sedanich, uh, close loss at Montrose last night. That uh, they would love to hand you your first loss this season, period, and maybe claw their way back into the league ch- uh, championship chase a little bit. Well, no question. Um, you know, it'll be a great environment, the Hall of Fame. It's also senior night for us and. Um, it's just, they're, they're one of those teams that scores, you know, they're pretty balanced across the board. I think they have three or four guys in that eight to nine point range. Um, and I, you know, I think they're one of the few teams that, that maybe we play in the league that, you know, maybe doesn't have size over us, but can match our speed. And, and, you know, that's really where we've tried to neutralize the size advantage other teams have on us is try and get out and run and, you know, Central presents a different issue because they're they're pretty athletic. They're they're pretty skilled as well. Um, they shoot the ball great, and you know they played this group tough twice last year. I think one of them was an overtime or double overtime, and then another close game at their place. And so, um, you know, we just played Junction in about a 10, 12 day stretch twice, and now we got them in the same in the same breath. And so, you know, you you try to be able to position yourself to. To be successful and and you know also try to save a wrinkle for the next time that you play them and um you know it'll be a great challenge for our guys i know the central kids will be ready and um you know coach Danish does a great job and and you know there's there's a lot riding on it so hopefully it keeps us motivated and not looking past anything as well i believe cam renning had uh, 18 against montrose he's been, been playing really really well this season for john yeah, I ran into his parents at the Palisade tournament. You know, of course, we spent a lot of years going against 
you know, Leah on the girl side, and I'm just really kind of tired of going against Reddings. I can't wait till they all graduate because they're just <laughs> such good basketball players. And, um, you know, Cam's a phenomenal player. You know, being around Jet and stuff, we've, we've been familiar with Cam through middle school and, and some of those sorts of things. And so, you know, obviously he makes the deal go, and we got to find a way to neutralize him. But they also got some great other pieces. And, and with Ryland back this year, you know, they got an inside element that maybe they haven't had in the past either. So, Michael, I have to ask you about a play I saw on Facebook. I was down in Durango, where I believe it was DT Daniel Thomason, dunked the ball, and then it came out of the cylinder, and they they said it was they didn't count the basket. Uh, and th- I believe it was uh, DT's dad that was kind of looking for officials to, to get their opinion on it. Can you take us through that play? Because that was kind of a bizarre play, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really weird. It's not like anything I've ever seen. And even the officials in Durango kind of said the same thing. It's like, you know, what do you do? But, you know, we we got a rebound off of a missed shot of theirs and, and Jet threw a long pass up to Wilson um, up the sideline just to the right side. And he immediately lobbed it to Daniel. And, you know, Daniel went, you know, went up, got the lob, dunked it through. And, and somehow it got, you know, it went through the rim, but somehow got you know, tied up in the net kind of weird and, and swung around and popped out. And, uh, you know, they they grabbed the ball, took it out, and, and shoot, dribbled three or four times up to half court before I think the officials kind of clicked. Is like, did that come out? And, and you know, they got together and ended up not counting the bucket. And, you know, I've, I've asked for feedback from it on a number of occasions because, you know, usually you can't afford to give up two points in Durango. Fortunately, we didn't beat them that day. Um, but I've got, you know, a ton of different interpretations from it. And it was certainly a, a weird play, but that particular basket that night and that net got caught around the rim several times. So I don't know if it was a little long or a little loose, but certainly bizarre and, and something you don't see every day. But, you know, fortunately we didn't need the bucket because um, we were ahead by a lot. But, you know, that just bizarre in general. And I still don't know if it was a basket or not. Yeah, because you're right. I've watched the video. Daniel dunks it down and goes – you know, through the rim, uh, in in the cylinder, and then the net kind of gets, like you said, tangled up under it and kind of just spits it back out. And then they, they, it it was just kind of, it was a really bizarre play. Yeah, you know, to me it was a basket. I thought it was all the way through, but, um, you know, I also thought Tom Brady fumbled when the tuck roll came into play, so it shows you what I know, um, you know, and, you know, I hope hope we never run into it again, but um, it's caught a lot of people off guard, certainly bizarre. No doubt about it. Of course, we'll have uh, coverage Friday night uh, for the Monument Hosting Central and uh, Boys and Girls Basketball. Our coverage will start at 5. Girls tip it at 5.30. Boys at 7 o'clock. That is also the Wildcat uh, Hall of Fame coming up on uh, Friday night as well. Always appreciate it, Michael. Congratulations on the win against Grand Junction. Good luck against uh, Central coming up on Friday night. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate you. All right, likewise. Michael Wells, coach of the Fruit Monument Boys Basketball Team. Yeah, it was just such a weird play, but it's uh, uh, Daniel's dad posted on Facebook, and it's like, I think that should have counted. Twice? Should have. Maybe. But at least Four once. Points, at least out. once, anyway. All right, coming up, uh, Paul Kane, District 51 Athletic Director, will join us. Uh, that's coming up next hour, along with CSU Voice Brian Roth.